You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. He is the architect, and it is not for us to determine where we will fit or how. It's only a bummer when we try to make ourselves fit into positions that we have no place being in, in the first place. The stones are placed into position in relationship to Jesus Christ. They are attached to Him, and if they are not, they are not part of the building. And the stones are of different shapes and sizes and materials employed for different functions. Have you ever experienced someone trying to serve within the church in a way that just doesn't fit? When you build a house, each piece of material has a specific purpose. You can't use carpet as shingles or skip two-by-fours during framing. You must follow the builder's blueprints or you'll have a mess. Likewise, as Pastor Mike shares in today's study, you must listen to the Lord's direction before stepping in to serve. He is the master designer and has a specific role for each of his children. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Images of the Church. In Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 16 and verse 18, now i got to set this up for you so that you'll understand it, to make the point. I'm going to go a long way here to make this point, but there was some confusion about the identity of who Christ was. So Jesus got together with some of his disciples, and he asked them the question, who do you say that I am? And some of them responded, well, uh, some say that you're Elijah the prophet. Some of you have said that you are John the Baptist who has come back to life. Others say that you are the prophet Jeremiah. And then he turns to Peter. I don't know why he turned to Peter, but finally Peter got it right, right? So many times Peter got it wrong. But anyway, he turns to Peter and he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter responded by inspiration only way that you can explain this is by putting the Holy Spirit behind what Peter said. He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus responded and he says, upon this rock, the cornerstone, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What rock? What foundation? Thou art the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. How can people get this wrong? When they think of that, he would, Jesus was referring to Peter as the rock that he was going to build the church upon, like Peter was going to become the first pope or something like that. 
How crazy is that interpretation of that verse of Scripture? It's, it's totally out of context. And so anyway, Jesus, the foundational stone. The foundation that the church is built upon is the revealed truth of God centering in the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel. It's the gospel message. And listen, where this is present, where the gospel is being taught, and we pride ourselves, if I can use that word pride, we pride ourselves in doing exactly that and being teachers of God's word, his gospel, where this is present, where the gospel is being taught, it lends itself to the church being blessed. But not only being blessed, but it provides an opportunity for Christ to manifest himself amongst his people. Notice, aren't we told exactly that in verse 22? Go back to our text. In verse 22, it says, together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. What is he talking about? He's talking about this building. He's talking about this loft, if you will, more, you know, more accurately. This is a place where God can manifest himself, where Jesus can manifest himself to us through the study and the teaching of the word of God. How precious is that? It doesn't matter the size of the room, the decor of the room, how ornate the room might be. It doesn't matter how many people are in the room, whether there are many or few. Where the gospel is being taught, it provides an opportunity and it lends itself for Christ to reveal himself to his people. Is there anything more precious than that, folks? Okay, now you know why I place such a high premium upon te- I, You know, I'm always beating this drum, the same drum, over and over again. But, you know, can you overestimate the importance of the study and the teaching of God's word? I don't think so. But then notice also, as it relates to the church being like a type of a building or a temple, notice here in our text, Paul goes on and he mentions the cornerstone. He refers to Jesus as the cornerstone. Let's go back to our text. Notice there in verse 20. He says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You see that in the latter part of verse 20. Now a cornerstone, let's talk about a cornerstone. The cornerstone of a building was important for two reasons. It was a part of the foundation, and it also fixed the angle of the building and became the standard from which the architect traced the walls and archers throughout. Now, as it relates to the cornerstone, the word cornerstone is used throughout the Bible. And God's word teaches upon a rich mine of imagery here when he uses that word cornerstone. For example, concerning the coming of Jesus Christ, a prophetical announcement in the prophet Isaiah, in chapter 28 and verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. This is a, this is a prophetical announcement concerning Christ. And whoever believes upon him will not act hastily or more accurately will not be disappointed will not be stricken with panic or fear. is a more accurate translation of that phrase, who leaves upon him, that is the cornerstone, Jesus, will not act hastily. 
will not be disappointed, will never be stricken with panic or with fear. Let me give you another cross-reference for this. In the 118th Psalm, in verse 22, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. You know, there's this interesting story. I, you've probably heard it before. The first time I heard it, I think it was by uh, Pastor Chuck Smith that told it, and it was something that always stuck with me. You know, when they were building the first temple, which was Solomon's temple, they quarried and hewn the rocks out from the quarry, which was a distance from the actual site where Solomon's temple was built. And so they would work in the quarry's area, and they would hewn it, they would cut it, and there's this story about this enormous, large stone that was hewn there in the quarry and then brought to the actual site of where Solomon's temple was to be erected. But it was so huge and so great, they couldn't fit it in anywhere as the building was being erected. And so they actually put it aside. Now, when it came near the actual end and the completion of the temple, they still didn't have the foundational stone, which was probably one of the most important stones that was a part of that building. It had to be something that was great, something that was huge, something that would support the entire building. And so they looked around, and, and then someone remembered, and the story goes something like this. I'm kind of killing the story. I'm, I'm really paraphrasing it here, uh, just out of memory. Then someone remembered the stone that was presented that didn't fit anywhere, that was put aside. It was cast aside, you see. But then someone remembered it, and it was brought back in, and guess what? It fit perfectly into the space that was known as the cornerstone. And so in this analogy, it's a, it's a very interesting story. It's a very interesting analogy. The stone that was what? Right? Set aside, right? God took that stone and placed it and made it the cornerstone of the building or the temple or the church, if you will, in this analogy, which is Christ the Lord. So it's just an interesting story. I thought I'd, I'd pass it along uh, to you uh, as well. So Jesus himself, in fact, in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 21, quotes the 118th Psalm in verse 22, and he applies this scripture, right, in verse to himself. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And then Jesus himself, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. So Jesus himself applied this scripture verse to himself, basically saying, I'm the chief cornerstone. So although the leaders of his day, the leaders of Israel, rejected Jesus by crucifying him, God made him the cornerstone of the temple, which is the church. Now the last image in regard to the church as God's temple or God's building, is living stones. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Living stones. And yes, Paul does not mention stones specifically here in our text, but I think that is what he was thinking of. It's not a stretch of the imagination. Because notice in verse 22, it says, In whom you also are being built together 
for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So if you like, each one of you is a stone, right? God is the architect, and he's placing you within the church, right? Each one of you has a place within the church. This building is being erected. You're one of those stones. He's placing one stone upon another, next to one another. So believers, if you will, are morted or cemented together with Christ as God the architect, through his workmen, the preachers of the gospel, build his church. You know, Peter put it this way in his epistle in 1 Peter in chapter 2 and verse 5. He says, you also as living stones. That's who you are. Nelson, that's who you are, right? You're a living stone. Right, Nelson? Okay, because Nelson, I know Nelson's engaged because I can see it. He's like shaking his hand. You, you knew this, right? Yeah, there you go. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Isn't that what God is doing? You know, a house in particular, right? We're, we're more like, a, I guess Harvest Christian Fellowship would be more like a condo, I guess, than a, <laughs> I guess, in relationship to some of these mega churches. Okay. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. That's each and every one of us has been, have been. If you think about it, has been called to a priesthood, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices by the things that we do as we serve the Lord in His name, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so, let me say it again: believers are cemented together with Christ as God the Architect through His workmen. The preachers of the gospel build his church. And, and, you know, to be one of these workers, you don't have to stand behind a pulpit and preach the gospel. You know, you preach it at your place of employment by the integrity that you display in, 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 at your workplace or in, as a mother raising her children in her home or, you know, you fill in the blank, whatever your sphere of influence may be, right? We're preaching the gospel. Now, the application of this part of the picture should be quite obvious to all of us. The stones placed into this great structure, which is the church, think of it in relationship to Harvest Christian Fellowship now, are chosen and shaped for the position by God. Even as God called me to be the senior pastor of this church, Pastor Jose is an associate pastor of the church, Will is one of our, our elders here in the body, John is one of our administrators, and so on and so forth, those of you who serve in the men's ministry, the kids' ministry, and the ushering ministry, the worship community, leading the home Bible study groups, God has placed you in a very strategic place. He knew exactly where he was going to uh, place you. The stone placed in this great structure are chosen and shaped for their position by God. God is the architect, and it is not for us to determine where we will fit or how we will fit. That's God's business. You know what happens when we try to make things fit? You know, we, we try to squeeze in there and get in that place, and, but we're not, we don't fit. We don't fit. It, it just doesn't work, right? But man, when it fits and God's the one who's placed us in that position, it's fruitful. If, if God has placed you as a senior pastor and, and he, he endows you with the gifts of being able to teach, well, then people are being ministered to. People are growing in their walk in their relationship with the Lord. If you're involved in the helps ministry, 
here at Harvest. Well, then God will bless that, and you'll be able to help many people that are a part of our church. If God has placed you in the kids' ministry, you'll be a blessing to our children. You'll be a blessing to our families, the moms and dads of those little ones that you minister to, and so on and, and so forth. He is the architect, and it is not for us to determine where we will fit or how. It's only a bummer when we try to make ourselves fit into positions that we have no place being in in the first place. The stones are placed into position in relationship to Jesus Christ. They are attached to him. And if they are not, they are not part of the building. And the stones are of different shapes and sizes and materials, employed for different functions. Some serve in one way, some in another. The beautiful thing about it is like there's not one position that's more important than another within the church. Those of you who are share in the worship community, your calling is just as important as me standing behind this pulpit and delivering the Sunday morning message. Or those of you who are working in the kids' ministry, or those of you who are ushering, or, or whatever, however, in whatever capacity you serve here. And by the way, you're all going to be rewarded accordingly to the faithfulness of the commitment that you made and following through with that commitment. It, there's, you know, God doesn't play favorite favoritisms. He doesn't place one person above another, you see. And so the stones are of different shapes and sizes, materials employed for different functions. Some serve in one way, some another. The stones are linked together into one another. The stones of the temple are chosen. They are shaped and they are placed not to draw attention to themselves, but to contribute to a great building in which God alone dwells. You know, what really bugs me, uh, I don't know, this is just a pet peeve of mine, but I, and I don't want to mention any names and stuff, but uh, I remember when I first came back here, people would identify the churches that they attended by the pastors of the churches. And they wouldn't refer to the name, like say for Har Harvest Christian Fellowship, they would, they would talk about, I attend Mike Finizio's church. I never want to hear that. I attend Mike Finizio's church. It's sort of like, you know, you know, big deal, right? I attend Harvest Christian Fellowship. And uh, I used to hear that all the time as we referred to certain churches that people used to attend. I could never get beyond that. And I'd always correct them. Really? I mean, it's not about the person. It's about the church, right? It's about everybody contributing to that work of the church. Praise the Lord. It's all about Jesus, really. It's not even about the, about the church, the truth uh, be told. And so the stones are linked together to one another. The stones of the temple are chosen, shaped, and placed not to draw attention to themselves. I don't want people that, you know, Mike Finizio's church, but to contribute to a great building in which God alone dwells. Isn't that the most important thing, right? Not that, you know, we've come here to hear some fancy, you know, some good person, you know, and, and there are some great teachers, no doubt. The guys like Chuck Smith and Greg Laurie and other guys that we listen to, that are, we have, all of us probably have our favorite teachers. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? God has gifted those particular people, right? But it's all about Jesus. Listen, the placing of each stone is only part of a long work begun thousands of years ago in the past that will continue until the end of the age. That is when the Lord Jesus comes back for his church. What a great and marvelous work this is. The Holy Spirit 
creating new life in individuals and then adds those individuals to the temple that he is building. Notice there in verse 22. Let's go back to verse 22. He says, In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Listen, we need one another. Every one of us needs to get behind one another, contribute to this fellowship, make it all that it possibly can. We're only scratching the surface, man, really. You know, Pastor Jose was saying, you know, only God knows what, what's going to happen in 2020. And, uh, you know, God can do some really awesome things. We've seen, you know, we've been here for like 30-something years now. And uh, we've seen God, you know, accomplish great things through this ministry, through this little fellowship. And it's varied in size from time to time. For those of you who have been around for a while, you know that to be true. There's been hundreds of people. I think at one time we were almost up to like 300 people. Then it went down when we lost our lease over on 56th Street. It, it dramatically changed. And we went from there to the theater and then from the theater to here. And, and, uh, but God only knows what he's going to But it doesn't matter. You know, God can do great things through a handful of people as great and well as he could do through thousands of people, right? But how that's going to happen is by everybody joining together, working together, seeing their calling as being one, right? Working alongside of, of Jesus Christ. And so what a great and marvelous work this is. The Holy Spirit creating new life in individuals. And then he adds those individuals to the temple that he is building. And here's the good news. He's still adding to his temple today. Right? Amen. He's still adding to his temple today. Listen, you know, those of you who regularly attend Harvest Christian Fellowship, we have some visitors here this morning. Some of those visitors may be looking for a church. I don't know. Some of them may have come here from California and they attend one of our Calvary or one of our sister churches out there or, or anyone else across the United States. Whatever. You know, reach out to these people. Let them know that we're a church given the hospitality. Make an investment in another person's life. Let's make this an exceptionally special place. Would you do that? And just giving of ourselves, our time, our energy, our gifts, our talents, our finances. Here's the good news. He is still adding to his temple today. And you too can be a part of this work. Have your share in it you too can experience the benefits of being what? First of all, a citizen, a member of God's kingdom, God's, come on, family. Lastly, God's temple. Amen. It all begins and happens by inviting Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior. Remember, he's the chief cornerstone. God's great foundation God's great cornerstone. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long to be. Oh, my That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. Thanks for joining us. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House. Be sure to subscribe and let us know you're a listener in the comments. 
If you don't have a church that you call home, we'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You can find all the information you need at harvestnyc.org. While you're there, you can reserve your seat by clicking on Contact and then the Register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live-streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to hear today's message again or to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to remind you just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. We also want you to know how grateful we are to have you as a part of our listening audience. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to our continuing study of Ephesians next time, right here on In My Father's House. Where I long to be, oh my heart, not be troubled. I remember what you said.